listen to hair on. From hair on, I'm listening to hair on. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinary Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And welcome back to the studio for episode 143. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Shout out Columbus. We see you. Seattle, we see you. Freeport. Yo, man, the demographics are coming back, son. These are all places that we have substantial viewership. Yo, it's not just like one or two listeners. These are people fucking with us. Yeah, I mean, so everybody who's been spreading the word, I appreciate it. Starting your own little communities, yo. Definitely appreciate it, yo. For sure. That's what's up. Yo, that last one, Freeport. Yeah, that's Long Island, New York right there, yo. <laughs> that's close to the whole town, so that feels good right there. Like, niggas back on Long Island starting to hear me? Okay, okay. I definitely got to step foot back and really do, like, some outreach back in the hometown. So yeah, I should have a better listener. always nice. There. Yeah, that's what's up, though. Yeah, man. So we appreciate all the listeners. But, uh, yeah, so you've been getting into anything interesting this week? Yeah, I um I gave uh what you call it? There's a new joint on Netflix called uh, uh Jupiter Rising. Ooh, what I'm very that's Jupiter a very Rising? good storyline. Yeah, another comic yeah. that that uh when I saw the the show was coming out on Netflix, I uh, decided to binge the the comic. Nice, very 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 interesting. Yeah. It is a retelling of the Greek mythology where the titans were overtaken by the greek gods oh that's dope. so it's kind of it's it's a kind of a retelling that so jupiter is like chronos and his children are gonna rise up and and take a take over but that's just that's the comic storyline i'm assuming uh, hopefully they 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 do something similar but yeah i hope i didn't spoil too much but yeah the show <laughs> the, the comic's amazing i'm sure the show will be very good they've uh netflix has been on their shit you know honestly like <sighs> I still have my qualms with some of their content, but boy, have they been throwing down with their production. They just did a, 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 a their first all Netflix inclusive production of an anime called Eden. Nice. Yeah, I'm interested in checking it out. It looks like a Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind meets Castle in the Sky. That's dope. I'll yeah. check that out eventually. That but yeah, yeah, cool. you're, you're saying so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I checked out episode one and it's, it's, I like it. I fucks with it. I, um, I like how it ends more than anything else because the whole thing it sets up um uh, uh it sets up basically all it's really setting up is the conflict between the father and the son and the rift between the generation mm-hmm. that's pretty much what episode 1 sets up. Yep. And the whole thing is there's this huge bad guy that's basically like a a a clone of dark side mm-hmm. and he gets out of prison and he goes on a rampage and during the fight the son ends up kills killing him and that puts an even bigger rift between the father and the son because okay the dad's a dickhead right clearly so the dude is like the 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 dark side clone is murking the entire superhero squad you know what i'm saying nobody can keep up with him and when he was about to kill the main character jupiter the son in a fit of rage powers up and like one shots his face off and the first thing the dad was just like what did you do we don't do that we, we don't do that yeah, nigga. Yeah, he's like you know there was there could have been a better way or some stupid there could have been a better way like, really I was like, word, my nigga? For real? <sighs> Bruh. But anyway, that and then like right after that, they they're like, well, we gotta find out how this dude got out of prison because Darkseid or clone Darkseid is supposed to be in prison. So when they get there and he's sitting there with some glasses, like, sup guys? Well, who's the dead body over there? And that's like where episode one ends. So I'm very curious to see where they go and build from that. And also 
I mean, I, I don't know. The family conflict, I guess, is, it, it's whatever, but it's natural. But it's just, I, I, the reason why it's a little bit difficult is because the dad's such a dick. It's like so hard to see where he's coming from because I guess I understand you're trying to raise superheroes, but he's also like a person as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, oh, but you know, uh, you know, I heard that uh, uh, superhero movies uh, weren't weren't cinema because they don't actually talk <laughs> about the drama of human life and 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 that superhero movies are so bad and that they don't ever cover That's anything silly. other than just uh, booms and and flashes and right. superpowers, right? But hey, right? man, that's that's fucking. I fucking hate people, bro. <laughs> Yo, this is what I love about this current genre of like superhero movies. They're totally making irrelevant that whole argument because they are absolutely focusing on not just yes superheroes with superpowers, but the drama of what goes on. Like you look at Invincible, you look at the boys, you look at the, uh, uh, Jupiter uh, Rising. Now, it, it, all of them are are centered not just on superpowered antics. But on deep dramatic uh, uh, situations that that are, are punctuating all of these grandiose scenes, so you know and that's going to lead into another topic because yeah, niggas be yo every time I get so triggered whenever I see that shit. Like niggas be like, yo, Marvel movies suck. Be like, all right, G, <laughs> okay. But yeah, anyway, sorry, that was a, that was a tangent. But yeah, dude, that sounds like an amazing setup for the uh, for the storyline. I can't wait to, yeah, to check it out. I'm excited to see where that where that shit goes. And that, it's done by um, uh, Mark Millar. He's the uh, original writer for that, and you might know him from other small projects such as Kingsman, Jackass, and um, Wanted. He was also the he wrote those comic books Another that were adapted. Three into movies. movies that also have great subplots of yeah, drama. Man. That's that, his whole that, thing. That punctuate them. Like my favorite thing about Mark Millar is that one line that he wrote where um got him in a little bit of trouble because he's Scottish. And um I don't remember what exactly it was, but Captain America was fighting with the troops and things was looking bad. And the dude was like, What are we gonna do? Are we gonna surrender? And Captain America was like, Yo, you think this A on my head stands for France? And I was like, God damn. Wow. I was like, France didn't even have nothing to do with this. Shot. France was just sitting over there in the corner hanging shot, out. Shot, he just had shot. to bring him to this whole thing. Nah, but you know what's funny is that it, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of cultures that that view France that way. Which is crazy. <laughs> which, you know, it's funny. Now, now that I've, you know, and I'm about to tangent real quick, but I understand a little bit more why they propagate propagandized against france so much and it's because france french society has a very strong labor movement and all of the other capitalist nations had to propagandize against them because anyhow there was a a a solidarity between like french people and haitian people and american people like if there was some kind of international solidarity that started that 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 branched out that way it would have been hugely problematic for for capitalists you can't have a, a, a educated labor force. And so universally, UK and their holdings, America, uh, Germany, all propagandized against France. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you see that pop up all the time. Anti- I grew up like thinking, knowing what a French salute was. Throw your hands up. <laughs> Throw your hands up. <laughs> the French up. salute is, a, you know, it was always a running joke. Who won the French Civil War? Savagy. The English. <laughs> like that's, yeah, the French are have been propagandized to be losers 
for a long time. And it's like, you know, and Napoleon didn't help though, you know what I mean? But Napoleon won a ton. It's not like Napoleon and then he lost got his, at the end. Well, yeah, and that's, that's, that's how people that's remember. How yeah, true. That's true. how people remember. You know what I mean? No matter how many times you won, you gotta you quit lose. while you're ahead. Otherwise, yeah. your last defeat will be your most significant. Man, that's a lesson Joe Budden could have took. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Sometimes that's you gotta bail funny. before the ship starts burning. You know what I mean? Yeah, like man. you see someone lighting the match. It's like. It's the old uh, jumping the shark adage, you know what I mean? When they, ju- well, you know, uh, uh, the Joe Biden podcast jumped the shark when they dropped Rory and Maul. That's when you. That's the point when you knew the shit was going downhill. It doesn't matter what they did they after didn't that. Drop that. That was always on the the moniker, even up until after. Spotify. No, I meant the, them themselves, not the name on the show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm in their initial departure. I have no idea what he plans on doing because I think he's migrating. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in depth later. Um. Yeah, Jupiter, uh, 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 is it Jupiter rising or Jupiter ascending? Jupiter rising, I want to say. Uh, let me see. I think here. Jupiter ascending might be something Jupiter's else. Jupiter's legacy. We're Jupiter's legacy. There Jupiter we go. ascending is the is the weird one with. Um, yeah, yo, uh, my uh, nigga, I'm so uh, bad with names. Tatum. I'm bad with names, yo. It's the, it's, it's the Jamaican inside of me, yo. <laughs> if your name is too close to something else, you're getting combined. Yeah, yeah, the Jupiter movie, that one. You mean yeah. the one with the dog? The dog man in, the, in space? No, not that one. But yes, uh, so yeah, uh, that's all you've been watching. I'm looking forward to getting into that at some point. Yeah, that's all I got to see. I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. I've been really, yeah, really liking that. boy. That's a super fun game. Like, and then um, they're going to be continuing that series in the JRPG fashion, and they're going to continue the action RPG with the uh, with the Judgment game line. That's boy, fucking sick, man. That's my shit. Like, I'm so impressed by their, their creativity and just mm-hmm. like, just... The mobs, how the regular people turn into mobs and their names and their move lists are fucking amazing. The fact that there's like a du- there's a patient with a fucking um, uh, he's like he's got he's the got fucking IV. he's intubated and shit, yeah. and he'll touch you and give you a cold. This game has creeped me out more than any other game has in like the last five ten years. But just like it's very realistic too. That's the weird you part. Know what I mean? <laughs> like the dude comes up and he breathes on you. I'm like, bro, get the fuck away from me. I get know. Away, I hate that me. move. They get get have breath me. attacks. I don't even want to like watch the. That's like a class of, of attack. Move. Like a couple of different enemies will do that to you. They'll come over there to cough on you. Yeah, I'm like, like bro, yeah. get away from me, son. And I was talking to you, but I was talking to you earlier about the the one mob. So far, it's like my. It's kind of my favorite mob, but the mob that I hate the most. Because it's so fucking creepy, and it's a dude. I don't remember what the name of it. It has a really clever name, but it has a. It's just a naked dude in a giant garbage bag with his two legs poking out, and he dances around like a weird monster, and he fucking does all kinds of creepy. He's shit. got like the kappa haircut, where it's like a bowl yes, cut with the center he cut out. Does <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a he's a creeper. Oh man, the some of the things that the the, the enemies do is so creepy, but the fucking story though. God damn The story's so good Especially the opening The opening was so good man damn, And they it's, managed it's... to punctuate it With so much humor And I was like yeah. Wow man That was Yeah for well as, Yeah yeah You're right For as serious as this thing is There's a lot of levity in it Because boy Is is, is Ichiban a goofball <laughs> Kasuga <laughs> My nigga Yo, you're way too optimistic about life, son. You're Bro. way too optimistic for a Yakuza. I do love that by the end of it, he does harden up a bit. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Good. Not to ruin it. No, I mean, that's good. That's good to know. Because it's like, man, I feel like this personality doesn't really match with the setting. Oh, because eventually no. they're going to kill you. Like, this your guy, luck's going to run out at some point. This guy, man, he's he's a really good character. Like, they they have to they have to take this character forward. Because um, they just did such a great job developing him. And 
it's only fitting that they choose to to keep it in the JRPG fashion. You know I'm what I mean? That that means that they're really choosing to center around because the, the JRPG style is indicative of the character Ichiban Kasuga. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, you encounter that throughout the storyline. Um, the characters are all really entertaining. Yeah, I like them. There's so much depth to them too, man. It's oh man, you haven't crazy. even seen any of the later characters, nigga. Like mm-hmm. you got all the comic characters. Like <laughs> you don't get the hard niggas who join your crew, dude. Nah, I've seen. You get, I, I, you I get can't a wait grip for of the hard um, ass niggas that join your crew. I can't wait for the fucking white hair buddy. That dude seems yes, Jing Hu. Yeah. yeah. No, Jun Hu. I'm sorry, his name is Korean, and I do not <laughs> know how to pronounce it. But it's uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's definitely, yeah. It's, and there's it, so many it's like my expectations for sure. You'll you'll probably like ugh, the mini games when they start overrunning some of the gameplay. It gets a little bit much. Some of them so far, it's kind of fun. I went and banged out. What surprised me was the um the fucking can collection mini game and yeah. that little bike. At that first, I was tough, like, man, man, I don't want to do this goofy-ass shit. It got kind of Three fun. plays later, man. Let's get this shit. I find yeah. still trying to hit all the S-Ranks on every challenge. Well, you know, and once you get good at it, yeah. But then, bro, because uh, I think what, they have, the like, a kind is, of it's predictive just Pac-Man. scaling. Yeah, it's just Pac-Man. But it's, like, free-form, eight-directional Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think, like, it gets hard. Like, the better you do... The more niggas they throw at you. So then the, the the homies who be trying to gank your cans get extra. But anyway, <laughs> before we get too deep off into that. Well, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, let's start out with a gaming topic. Yo, Ubisoft. What are they up to? Once again, in an unfortunate turn, Ubisoft has uh in their latest press release put out that they want to reduce the amount of AAA titles that they produce for uh, a year from three to four uh, so that they can focus more on dun, 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 free-to-play <laughs> mobile titles for their main IPs. <sighs> Yo, the, uh, the video game developers are determined to, to create a generation of gamers who are amenable to this, to this style. At the detriment to everyone who grew up with gaming, to all of their current adult gamers, to anyone who's too old enough to see through it or not, you know, uh, who doesn't have a behavioral disorder that predisposes them to playing these games. Like, it's really a shame. You know, EA, Activision, Ubisoft, like, who do we turn to? Like, what what, what big AAA developer? I mean, Sony, I think, is the one that has probably balanced it the best. No, you still also got Rockstar, too. Yes, I mean? Rockstar is doing... Well and Rockstar is also, I think, doing a balancing act. Because their games... Because <laughs> uh, Rockstar and... What is Rockstar's relationship to Take-Two? Because uh, both of them sure. develop, um, I think, uh, um, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And the previous one. Rockstar and GTA. Studio, that one. Oh, so I guess uh, Take-Two is, is a publisher. Is the publisher of those games. And, and Rockstar is the developer. Got yeah. it. So even Rockstar has been has been really uh, they they've been playing a balancing act because Red Dead Redemption do has had some pretty uh, scummy issues with their monetization as well. But in terms of content, they don't short on content, and mm-hmm. that I think is the balancing act that they that they play. Sony and Rockstar as and and when I say Sony, I mean Sony is an umbrella company for many developers under them like Square Enix, Capcom, so forth, the ones that they own. Um, they they play the balancing act of not sacrificing the content for the monetization. 
and I think that those uh, previous de- uh, developers that we meant that I mentioned, Activision, Ubisoft, um, uh, and EA, have completely just askewed uh, development for monetization. And demonetization is primary, and development is secondary at all points. And I, I, I wonder if there's a place that we can get to where they where they they don't push the monetization like uh, is there a place where we can get to where people don't respond to predatory monetization but there's no right like everyone's always there's ponzi schemes will always exist not only that because the also that is there is i'm pretty sure there's a section of every major company whose entire goal is just that yes if you get once your company gets big enough absolutely is how do we convince people to buy the product is that 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 but section does not that. care. It, to, doesn't even care about with the product itself. Exactly, and 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 it's gone beyond just selling the product at this point. They're trying to. How do we get you to consume our line of products over time? Mm-hmm. And that model of advertising and marketing is way predatory. If you're trying to sell me something directly, like I want to sell you this game. And you're being upfront with me about what the game is and how much of whatever resource it is going to cost me to get it. That's one thing. I really don't see that the problem with that form of, of commerce. But once you once you start uh, entering into the realm of companies trying to coerce their their consumers into cyclical consumption models, you know what I mean, and things of that nature, we get into a place where like. I guess if that's if you're going to say that that's your product and that's how you want to sell it, but is that healthy for the for the market? Is that healthy for the individual? You know what I mean. And do we and and is this a business model that we can encourage other? You know what I mean. Like, are 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 we just going to let you do that because you're the first to do it? You know what I mean. Is that I mean, fair? It's, like, it's that behavior is pretty is entrenched. So people, though, you know, yeah, that behavior is pretty entrenched. It's just it's just the next stage of planned obsolescence. You know what I mean. It's 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 a new take on an age old idea. Just using uh, uh, technology to make to streamline it, it's... you know, because we used to think that because in Konami, look at Konami. Konami completely got hollowed out because of this. Like, I mean, you know, we, we have the the horror stories Konami, that are Konami, Bioware, are Activision, or Blizzard. Lots of um, companies well, got Blizzard, hollowed out. Blizzard and okay, so like Blizzard got away from Activision. Bungie got away from Activision as well. And everyone was like, yo, things are going to be awesome. Good job, guys. Better games. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna maintain our support behind you because you're going to fix all the shit that's been going wrong in these games that, that, we, that we assumed was because the financiers were forcing you to do those things. Blizzard has, just from what I've seen based on, on, on consuming the content creators, because I don't play Blizzard games anymore, but I will listen to the content creators just to get the news. And according to them, Blizzard has gone has has woefully fallen short in their production of this WoW storyline. Content has been stagnant, and the monetization has been ugly. And it's because you know they're monetizing to 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 exploit children. You know, children like pretty things, pretty colors, man. You know what I mean? And children don't have a concept of value of money, and so they'll use you know money that they didn't earn on pretty things, and that's a market that's ripe for for them to to pillage and so they 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 design for that you know what i mean and they continue to design to that for that even in the absence of the activision influence and so it's a it's a shame it's a shame because 
you know, they have such a great community built up around them that they're squandering all of the goodwill when really like, boy, the, the swell of, of support that they would receive if they just focused on the game for once is, um, is ridiculous. And, and it's one of the few models that really doesn't support the, the monetization scheme. Like it, it really doesn't because I know wow players, those motherfuckers will spend money, <laughs> real, real cash money. Like if you think niggas are stupid for spending money on Jordans, let me tell you a wow player, boy, you have no clue how much they will sink into that game. If they're just given what they want and blizzard, like literally refuses to give them what they want with a whole community of people who are throwing their money at them. <laughs> For shit they don't even want. <laughs> it's like, wow, man, that's a that's a hell of a model you guys got there. Whatever your whatever business model you're going on is a hell of a model, man. And so yeah, Blizzard's one of those companies that does not support the the monetization scheme that they're going behind because they can make so much more off of the adults with real jobs that would pay into their scheme because they are addicted to their game. <laughs> it's like, I mean. Not even that. Well, prior to prior to the the last few years, like they built up a lot of brand loyalty. Like Blizzard was an amazing company. Absolutely, there you know was definitely mean? a time when I was a huge they fan. Absolutely of earned their brand loyalty for sure, for sure. Then, but you know, I do believe they that they earned the anonymity as well. Yeah, then they pissed it away for sure. You know, for sure for sure they stopped caring. I mean. This is this is a company that fired its community manager several years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Something that was key to the uh, key and been a part of the company for like almost a decade. Mm -hmm. And then when the new new well, I think it was more like four or five years ago they got rid of that motherfucker. Moreover, okay, let's look at another example. Look, look at Bungie. Bungie was another one caught on the Activision grip. You know what I mean? They finally got out from under it. Everyone was like, finally, Destiny Two can breathe. <laughs> What's happening? They're putting in some of the most predatory monetization for skins and transmogs that has ever been implemented in any system across any. It is the most grindiest, most ridiculous thing that, that, that any gamer has seen in the game thus far from what I understand. Like the amount of time that it takes to invest into it versus the reward is, is absurd. And this is just for transmogs. It's rough. Yeah. Like you have to pay to grind to get you of just a very very small reward like it's absurd and it's like but bungie i thought you were i thought i thought we was boys you know what i mean it's like wow they really did maybe it wasn't activision no nah, well the thing you also have to remember is that you know corporate heads change you know what i mean that's really the most important thing. But they're not like, under the corporate umbrella anymore. <gasps> right, but there's still mm -hmm. a ceo there's still someone who's making the decisions for the company you know what i'm saying and that person's usually is that person the one... no more closely related to the to the production than than the CEO of Activision. Like I understand the CEO of Activision is a huge umbrella company, but now Bungie is under its own its own management. You'd think that hopefully that management would also have the health of the company, but I guess that's not the case. Like no, at it's no all point... about the financing, man. At the and end of that, the day, that's crazy. That's if crazy. You can't finance your, if you can't finance They're... your own triple A titles, you're going to have to make compromise with, but they can, but Bungie can though. Bungie, Bungie still owns Bungie left. Bungie left Activision. No, what was it? Activision. I'm sorry. I think Bungie was under EA. Bungie was under one of the big developers. And they retained access to their IP and licensing when they left. 
they have funding. They got Halo under their belt. They have funding. You know what I mean? Like they their monetization, I don't think rests on that. I I just you know I'm I'm not saying that that's not a valid point. I'm just saying that in in reference to Bungie. I mean, Funding? I feel you, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the, the same thing, man. Like, how I feel about this stuff is, like, you make bad games, people shouldn't play your games, bro. Like, they should just they should just die, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, there's really, there's not much we as the consumers can really do, given the nature of how difficult it is to make video games. Oh, absolutely. So, really what I was trying to point out was, like, it, it seems like it, once you get out of the developer stage... And even down into the, I think that w- what we're seeing is is that maybe a lot more of developers are actually partially responsible for this than we actually give credit for. I think that maybe we say that all the developers are good, all the administration and, and CEOs are I, bad. I would definitely not say well, that. Well, I'm not saying that. I think I'm not saying you say that. I'm it's saying that there's a general a bit more conception than that. Um, but I think it's actually probably more of like maybe the developer community is split more of like fifty fifty or sixty forty. In favor of the monetization, because honestly, they do this as a job. And so their ultimate goal is what's going to make me more money. And if they think that increasing the value of the company will get them more money, which unfortunately has proven not to be the case, because all they do is get crunched more and they don't get their their, you know, based on what's been happening. We see that the developers are not getting paid more. CEOs are getting paid more, even though the developers are working harder to bring value to the company. But I think that a lot of the developers might be kind of brainwashed to think that, you know, well, we want to get to that class of person at one point. So we're actually pro this system that that overworks us. Similarly to how you see in any other uh, community of people, you know, where a, a large subsection of the community is actually not in favor of their own best interests. You know, because they aspire to be part of the dominant class. And that's unfortunate uh, for developers in this hierarchical system that we're analyzing here in terms of video game companies, because the, we, you know, we like to ascribe a lot of positive attributes to the developers, and that if we liberate developers, then we'll get better software. You know, we'll get better games. We'll we'll get better outcomes. But I don't actually know if that's true. I think in in the two cases of of, of developer uh, uh, software development companies that you know remove themselves from the large corporate entities. They actually just kind of stuck with the monetization methods. You know, I think they're all kind of on board with let's train a generation to play these games. Let's train train a generation of kids to only know this kind of game so that later on when we try to use this monetization scheme, it'll land better, which I think is real scummy. You know, I, I, I feel like that's what's going on. And I feel like there's a subsection of developers who are like, no, I'm here to make video games. And there's a subsection of developers who are like, no, I'm here to make money. And if this is my long-term play to make money, fuck it. Let's do the social development that we need to do to, to, for our industry. I don't know. I feel, I feel like that, that could be what's happening here. I mean, that sounds like most industries, really. At the end of the day, you're really going to choose the, you, you choose the path that best suits your personality, you know? So if mm. you're about that money, you're about that money. If you're about making fulfilling games, you're about making fulfilling games. And some people are capable of compromise, and some people are just going to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. But yeah, that's my breakdown of uh, Ubisoft deciding to go uh, free-to-play heavy on their future development. Moving on from that. Here's all good. I can't even remember the last Ubisoft game I played. No, I don't. I don't. Because 
Does uh, Ubisoft? That's not true. Do- Assassin's Creed One. Yeah, I don't know. Whoa. Does Ubisoft do any RPGs? I don't think so. Because if not, then I don't think I play any. That's all I really fuck with heavy. But um, yeah. Ubisoft, I feel like there's something in Ubisoft's uh, catalog that I fuck with hard. In Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, For Honor, Tom Clancy, Far Cry, The Crew. Yeah, no. I mean, nothing, yeah, nothing, none of the contemporary titles. I mean, I don't fuck with none of their games really shit. lend themselves to I that mechanic, you know? I have to have played one of their games in the past. I feel like I've seen an Ubisoft loading screen, but I just can't remember one. Jeez, man. Yeah, they've been out of the, the my mental space for a long time. Yeah, a lot of their modern titles are pretty much shooters or Assassin's Creed, it looks like. With not too much deviation. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. Watch Dogs, Rainbow Six, Tom Clancy. Man, I remember the good old days of the video game industry, but that's a conversation for another time, man. In some positive entertainment news, I saw this one come across the feed late late in the day, and I wanted to touch on it because I thought it was actually kind of cool. This is someone who I don't usually give a lot of... uh, Big ups to, but I, I think this is uh, a stand-up action. Jaden Smith out here in L.A. opened up a restaurant for unhoused people. Um, oh, that's it does, yeah, it does serve, uh, um, you know, people who are, you know, have houses and so forth, or who who have a home to to go to. But for those who who do have a residence, the prices are very very high, which I I'm totally down with that energy. Like, yeah. If you want to eat here and the food is good enough to attract you here, yeah, pay a little bit extra, you know, help out the community. You know, it, I don't believe a lot in that whole idea of like, here, let me um, kind of do something good for the community while also being a rampant consumer. I usually kind of don't like schemes like that. But this one, when it comes to food, I'm not so against it, especially not in the L.A. culture of food. I, and I think it could be a good way of, of not only, you know, feeding hungry people. But making a little bit of community, you know what I mean? I think that there is a lot of good contact to come from that, you know? And yeah. and especially because the, especially post-pandemic, the the unhoused community is not just all mentally ill people. It is largely mentally ill people, and I'm not going to discount that. But there's a lot of people who are forced out of their homes due to social circumstance, and they're just, they're not terrible people they're not bad people they're just people who are between in a transitionary period not to mention like can't we like there's so many instances of people going on to do great things after being unhoused it's just kind of crazy for us to to think that this is a demographic of people that shouldn't be socialized with and so i really like that he's making a space to promote that and he's doing so in a socially conscious way i fucks with every part of it i like the energy yo good yeah, job Jaden smith dope. like i think this is so much more productive than a lot of the other things i see him do so you know me i always i'll talk shit about a nigga but i will also absolutely give credence where 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 credit is due so yeah big ups to that in other news oh you know what uh Based on some uh, so, uh, some comments I was making earlier, we had Mickey Rourke coming across my feed talking that pure fuck shit. <laughs> I think this nigga is so bitter about what they did with his character of Whiplash. And then this nigga came out and was talking about, hey, man, Marvel movies suck, but you know what's really good? SVU, I just found this awesome show. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of my face, you bitter cunt. Like, if you don't stop it right now, this nigga. Like, you know, him and no the Scorsese types. These fucking salty ass niggas, like, and 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 I, I'm glad we were, we were talking off mic about like, oh, where you had referenced uh, some beef he had had in the past, mentioning um his character and the lack of development thereof. 
Yeah, and and I understand that. Completely understandable. But f- for you to be bitter against a whole line of movies because <laughs> the movie you were in got 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 produced in a way you didn't see fit is some it's Not wild, that. nigga. My nigga's out here comparing a Ferrari to like a Ford Focus with my, my nigga. That's not even. That, these things aren't even comparable. These things aren't even comparable. Yo, yo that fucking new Maybach. That shit is whack. You know what shit? You know what's dope though? Yo, my fucking hatchback Civic. Nigga. That shit is lit. Yo, my Shout hatchback out Ionic. Out there. My hatchback Ionic. That shit is crazy, my G. My nigga's hurt. He's fully hurt. Wow, my G. That's just terrible. But yeah, Mickey Rourke is out here wilding, and I'm just like, I don't understand this 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 <laughs> this trend of 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 people who are in the industry getting so butt hurt. Like, really, really? Like, oh, a nigga broke your record, and now you go, now you got shit to say. <laughs> nigga didn't make your character what you want. Now you gotta fucking Marvel broke his heart. Wow, Marvel broke his. He hurt him. Oh wow, who hurt you? Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Marvel, though, I just heard um, this news came out today that Dave Bautista turned down the Fast and the Furious pitch to do it to pitch a Gears of War movie. Woo! So, Yo, first of all, I I so, feel strongly boy. that that character in Gears of War is modeled off of his face. He looks <laughs> just like that dude. Oh my goodness! If he's in a Gear of War movie, then they do definitely it. are going for realism, do it or or accuracy at least. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I, That's I hope crazy. That shit gets greenlit. Yeah, dude. Fucking damn, turning down a Fast and the Furious movie. He, yo, Dave right? Bautista. First of all, he's right? been on a press run because I think he's been talking about all right? kinds of shit. He talked about wanting to do Bane. Nice. He talked about what? Um, That'd be amazing, and he's Hispanic too. Fuck yeah! How far he would, um, yeah. how far he plans on going, and 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 with Drax, like nice. he's been out doing all kind, talking about all kinds of shit. I should conglomerate that's that into a little dropping, segment. Um, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, that's what it is. Also, uh, I love this uh, thing. His rebrand as a fucking actor. What is amazing? It? Yeah, he is. He's 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 been love this nigga's rebrand. Dave Batista, Batista's man. Talk about wrestler turned actor. Like who did <laughs> who did it like that though? Other than Rock. Uh, John Cena's doing it big as well. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think that he's done. He ain't do like those two yet. I mean, right. He doesn't have a franchise, but he's... And I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying he ain't doing it like them yet. (laughs) If he's in the next uh, Transformers movie, then he will have a franchise. Oh, and he's also now in um, uh, 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 Suicide Squad. Oh, yes. Okay, so that could be his breakout right there. I don't think Transformers um, is going to do it for him. I mean, to be fair... John Cena is very much an established show. So he doesn't need to break I'm just, out. I'm, I'm only speaking in reference to wrestlers turned actors. Uh, I, he okay, has a huge yeah. career outside of that doing tons of other things. I'm just talking about actor credentials. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about too. He's no, no, been, I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about good movies though. Like like <laughs> Batista has been in Blade Runner. Blade, he's been in Mar- like three Marvel movies. John Cena has been in a lot of critically acclaimed uh, movies, man. The I'm, only thing that I'm he doesn't to, have to, going to for him is that. he hasn't been in a franchise. To, that, to the level of what Batista has been doing. Nah, I'm, I'm just, I've seen some of his performances. I'm not saying he hasn't done it. I'm saying he hasn't had those kind of performances yet. My opinion, my opinion, I'm not even knocking John Cena. I'm just saying Neither that it's, 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 I think that Dave Batista has elevated himself to a, a different tier. Closer maybe to The Rock. That's I think that's a better. A better well, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't comparing that. Yes. Yeah. When you stated that clearly, yes, he's definitely... You know he's he's for sure making more money, but I do think I that think John Cena is hilarious levels. though. I want to see more of him. I definitely am not mad at seeing him uh, take more steps into that. And honestly, that seems to be the logical place for somebody to age out of wrestling. You are an actor. I mean, you do a ton of acting. 
That's and generally it's less physically intensive, hopefully. Unless you're doing it nothing but action. What you're doing. Yeah. Unless you're doing nothing <laughs> but action, and that's doing. on you, you know. But it, it really depends on um acting is sort of the 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 natural step if you know how to not take yourself seriously. Because lots of th- yeah. that's really the thing. Like I don't <laughs> but who doesn't? I mean, because even Mick Foley knows how to be serious when he has to be. I mean, right, they, but they, you know, I like seen a bad one yet, okay, really. For example, like uh have you ever seen a Stone Cold movie where he wasn't playing Stone Cold? Oh, if you, that's sort if of you like have what no I mean. character, yeah. That's what I mean. Like if you if you can be something other than a tough Very guy. True. Very true. Then you have to play you another have... or even just a different character than that tough guy. Yes. Like Stone Cold is literally playing Stone Cold and everything. Anything he gets stars in. <laughs> but um the reason why Batista's probably everywhere is because he's promoting Army of the Dead right now, the, mm-hmm, the Las mm-hmm. Vegas one. Yes. So that one looks kind of crazy. They had the fucking uh, uh zombie tiger, so yo, shit is looking serious I like on that side. Sprinting zombie movies. As long as the zombies well, are sprinting, I never understood it. why they shamble. Like I get it, some of them might shamble. But I can imagine some of these niggas get some get up and go in them still. You know what I mean? Nah, they're decomposing flesh. It makes sense that they don't sprint. <laughs> no, but they have no pain sensors. So as long as they got the musculature, that's what I'm saying. Some of them, yes, they don't have the musculature. But if it's, you're like a fresh zombie nigga, get up and get at them. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be more difficult with like rigor mortis once your body starts de- decaying. You know, you don't have the same strength. You might still be able to move the body. But that don't mean your shit's going to hold together once you start moving it. True. As I said, some of them can't do it. But I can imagine some of these. That's why I liked Resident Evil. Some of those niggas were slow, and some of those dudes got up and came at you. That 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 shit made it fucking scary as shit. Speaking of which, the Resident Evil Eight got amazing scores. I definitely might check. Yeah, that out. I watched some of the the videos on that. That that's love watching me some playthroughs, man. It's perfect for niggas who got life. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. watch playthroughs. I don't know. Yeah, I never really watch people play video games. Can't well, do that. you have a lot. You have time to play if you want to. I don't have time to play a lot of games that I want to play, so it's a really good thing to have in the background at times. Um, I mean, even still, I, I especially because I'm mostly, you know, honestly, if somebody plays RPGs, I'm mostly here for the story anyway. True. I will watch a a a movie uh, stitching of all of the cinematics <laughs> in a video game put together and watch that shit like a movie. Definitely have been known to do that. <laughs> But yeah, moving on from that, did you hear, um, speaking on Marvel movies, <sighs> China has not approved Shang-Chi's release in Borders yet, so it's holding up. I don't think it's a, going to do anything to the American release, but I think it's going to hold up the international release. I'm not surprised. And I'm like, wow, wow. They probably have to scrutinize it, yeah, because he's I'm, a directly I mean, super I don't doubt superhero. that at all, but I figured Marvel, knowing that, wouldn't, would, would be... You know what I mean? Take all their dot yeah, all their but eyes, China's unreasonable. Cross all their T's. The Chinese government's unreasonable. Wiggle all the Q's <laughs> to make sure that whatever they send is China appropriate. Yo, you doing everything right does not stop me from criticizing what you're doing. One, you're so true. <laughs> I mean, and, as somebody who does that, absolutely, you're so right. Doesn't fucking matter. But yeah, I hope that doesn't it, hold it's, up. It's the, like the it's like um, it's. I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, it's they're probably just power tripping. You know what I mean? That's how it is. Yeah, yeah, they could. You think they're, they're extorting them? Power you think they extorted them? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. you didn't even try. say that. I made that up, by the way. I yeah. totally just took what you said and took that to another <laughs> like extortion, nigga. What? Who said extortion? I said extortion. <laughs> but nah, yeah, it's. I just thought that that was interesting. I hope it doesn't have any real uh, knock on ramifications to the production as a whole. Like, do you, nah, the production is probably can, finished already. Well, no, no. It's, it's well, I, when now. I say as a production, I mean like the release of it, the distribution of it, mm. is what I should have said. Um, 
do, I don't do. You, do you think that could have any effect on the uh, domestic of distribution? Of course. You I mean, think? Look, they didn't drop fucking. Uh, 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 I mean, granted, it was because of COVID, but look how long they held on to um, what's gonna call it? Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, and pushed but back the date I, like two or three times. Was that because of it couldn't release the? Uh, no, that was because of COVID. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But because but you, um, but domestically, you think they would hold the release? Yeah, because to with the, the rollout. Release? Because oh. when you're going for these um awards and oh, they're gonna uh, lose uh, out on not, the bootlegging internationally. Nah, not that. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the box office numbers and the acclaim and shit like that, oh, right? You need the international. You numbers. You need the international mm. numbers. To, you got to drop them all within a certain amount of time in order for that shit to be collated got correctly. It. Your strategic then, drop, bro. Yeah, so that when you drop your dick, they could be like, "Look, it's a, mil- a billion dollars on the first weekend," type yeah. shit. But if it's if they segment the release too hot, then you know it might fizzle out and there's not enough attention, or you have to reignite the um the ad campaign in China again at a later date. Be more expensive. You don't think there would be a substantial amount of um, piracy internationally if they released it domestically and not abroad? I mean, there's always going to be piracy, but mm. you know, not enough to affect the box office. Sales. Hell nah, because because those True. movies, it's a big enough, yeah, and it's it's, it's a, spectacle, a spectacle. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what I was trying. So to get it's at, like, yeah. yeah, it's like the difference between a Marvel movie and watching like fucking Schindler's List or something on a big screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the. It's what's taking place on the screen that fits the more extravagant uh, uh, thing, you know, something, the la- the uh, yeah, the, the some, something more low key can be in a more low key setting. But that's what's I mean? up. Oh, did you hear about this one, which I got super ex- excited about as I read more, you know, because anything about Regina King got my eye. I got to check her out. Yeah. So evidently, she was hired on as a director for uh, 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 the adaptation of a Harlem based comic. Uh, to TV show uh, called The Bitter Root. Okay. This shit looks really cool, and I'm very excited to see what she does with this, especially after seeing, uh, knowing that she was so uh, involved with Watchmen, this, and then, you know, seeing other things that she's produced, like, um, what is it, One Night in Miami? Uh, I, I like where her head's at. I didn't actually enjoy One Night in Miami, but it was a decent movie. Um, but I want to see what she does, because I love what she's doing in the comics book space. And and Bitter Root is a really great story, great setting, um, Harlem Renaissance era. I'm looking forward to this a lot. And so, you know, big ups to Regina King as always. Got another banging project. Like her project selection is amazing. <laughs> I like her. Her like I don't know if it's her agent or her or whoever, but the profile that she's building up, her portfolio is one of the best in my opinion of any actor actress isn't non-gender non-race-based like she's just got an amazing portfolio you know so everything is 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 meaningful very similar to like chadwick boseman's um portfolio yeah they had really solid well curated there you go that's the phrase well curated portfolios but yeah i really wanted to point that out moving on from that we got the death of an error, man. The JBP is officially Kaputsky. <laughs> Damn, bro. And it's and I know, like, it might seem like I'm dancing on the grave, which I'm absolutely not. But one thing I have no problem with doing is critiquing somebody who is determined to orchestrate their own failure. When somebody is so dead set on having it their way or no way, I have no problem with critiquing them as harshly as that mindset deserves because that is a very extremist mindset. 
And it's funny because it's exactly and and now I'm gonna I'm referencing now the the firing of Rory and I guess vicariously mauled through uh by Joe Budden from the podcast on air. You know, like Joe had a lot of very, very salient points to make. Unfortunately, I can only take them with a grain of salt because he has lied so much on air that, I, I, you know, we, we, I've definitely reached the point within that because he's talked about it, I think, on like three or four occasions and the story has changed on three or four <laughs> occasions. So on this occasion, I'm obviously not going to take it at face value. But based on what he said, he seemed like he had some very uh, reasonable grievances. And 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 I only talk about it because I take it as a cautionary tale for myself and anyone else who might be listening that has a podcast. But also just to elucidate like where my headset is that because where my mindset is that because that's not the way he carries himself and the things he actually believes are very contradictory. You know, he carries himself as somebody who is creating a new space for creatives, a safe space for creatives, ones that values their contributions. And at the same token, does not value the contributions of the people who contribute to his platform. Now, he did have some pretty valid gripes, okay? So he was talking about how, you know, yes, these guys worked here for a long time or contributed for a long time. I wouldn't say worked because I don't know. Based on the way they talked about it, there were no contracts in the beginning, and they were just there talking. And so they contributed for a long time and and brought value. And after a while, after three years, you know, they were interested, or I shouldn't even say they. Maul, actually, it doesn't seem to have taken this very seriously throughout the entire thing. And he's the only one who I think actually walked away in good faith out of all of them. Because Maul genuinely has contributed nothing to the to the mess. He's contributed nothing generally to 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 the back and forth other than I don't I felt disrespected and I work very heavily on respect and so I'm no longer gonna do this. I mean It's pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. And I take that at face value. Maul hasn't shown himself to be two faced up until this point, so I'll take that at face value. But Joe has had a, a a stance with his coworkers that doesn't seem to value them the way that he puts forth that he believes that that creative should be valued. And I'm going to use some examples of his language that I think shows that because Joe has pointed out he doesn't like the term use of the term like talent, which I also agree with. It's a, it's a very derogatory term when it's used most of the time. But yet he refers to his other co-host, Ice and Ish, as the talent, and not even just the talent, but I look at how the cheaper talent is performing, and I look at y'all, and I wonder why am I paying you this that's much? Fucked up. You know what I mean? Like that's not that is a very disrespectful way to address what you are trying to do, and not to say that Joe isn't in his right to evaluate these these people as he builds his business. That's just a rude way, and 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 this goes to another point that I. I, I I was feeling about Joe is like, he is literally the definition of growing in every area of your life, except as a person, because Joe has yet to learn that you could have every reason to be upset. And that still does not justify the way in which you treat people at times. Sometimes you have every reason to be upset and you still have no reason to treat people the way that you do. I know that. That's why I apologize. And it's not a less than thing. It's knowing our human frailties. 
and being big enough to say that's not how I want that person to to feel about our relationship. So I would prefer to just eat those words, no matter how right I was in the feeling. I was absolutely wrong in how I gave it to that person. And beca- and I'm not saying you act like that with everyone, but if you care about the person. And he has on several occasions said on mic that these are his friends. And so that's, how do you deal with these people this way? How do you, how do you get that point across to them that way? How does that reflect that? And then stand on it. And then hardline on it. And then come to, you know what I mean? I rock with Joe Budden because of his authenticity. But if you're telling me that you are just not an authentic person, my bad. My bad. I'll just stop consuming your content. But I think it's also fucked up just personally on my critique. You shouldn't do that to people. Especially, and and if it was nothing about, if it was all about business from the get-go, that's cool. And you know what's funny is that there's so, you know, this is, and and I and I hate to do this to someone because I hate when people do it to me, but it was a very Trumpian of Joe because there are there are clips of him. <laughs> there are numerous clips of him saying that a, himself. Oh, the biggest contradictions <laughs> saying saying that that these podcast niggas are just selling friendship. They're not really friends. They just making so don't act so don't be surprised when they don't treat each other like friends. And I'm like, oh, I I, I thought you were joking. <laughs> I thought that you were critiquing other people. But really, what you would do is projecting yourself. He's giving you an example right there, and so it, it, it and so it, it it hurts. It hurts a little bit because, you know, part of this podcasting is building a relationship with your audience, and if you build that relationship off of a certain type of authenticity that isn't real, you you can't be surprised when people take it a little bit personally. You shouldn't take it a lot of it personally. There's st- podcasters are still just people talking through a mic. Do remember that. But at the same token, as a podcaster, you should be aware of the relationship you're creating with people when you talk to them for an hours a week when they don't get that kind of connection to people normally. You know what I mean? And Joe needs Joe has totally obfuscated that. And that's why he feels empowered to act like a shitbag on Mike and think that his audience is just going to chill with him and rock with him because of it. He's had his head inflated because Spotify and all these companies looked at the Joe Budden podcast with Rory and Maul and only valued Joe Budden out of it. So he's thought that that devalued the 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 uh, co-hosts. But really what it showed is that those companies didn't understand how you built your audience and that your audience is a composite of a lot of other audiences that converge to give you the popularity you needed to be valuable. And just because they only value you as the nexus of that, you as a good leader need to cultivate that audience and not uh, uh, alienate them. You as a good leader need to know how to show grace to your co-host when you see them acting out of pocket. Because in my opinion, if Joe and Rory are friends, I see Joe as the big bro. He's older. He's more experienced in the in the industry. He's the one who is building the network. He's the one who who built the platform that they're currently on. He's the big bro here. And I'm not saying as a nigga, you have to have grace with everyone, but if you're a good leader and you working with your friends, you got to fucking show your friends grace, bro. Like, come on, man. That shit is like, when are we going to start doing business different? When are niggas going to stop doing business? Like we a bunch of white people trying to take advantage of each other. That's not what, that's not what he sold to us. It's not what he sold to them. And that's why I respect Maul so much for, for, for walking. Because you know what? We could do this like everyone else, 
And if that's what you want, I don't want any part of it. But if we doing this different, then let's do this different and blow this shit up. I got you. Now, Joe had some, and as I said, Joe had very valid uh, issues. Rory tried to audit the, the podcast. Like, he had a percentage. And it's like, nah, Rory, if you want that kind of say-so, then what you do is you renegotiate your contract so that you have a percentage at some point. You talk to Joe about that. Let Joe know that that's what you want. And then once you have agreed that you have that right with the person who owns the platform, then you can ask to try to do that stuff. But Joe made a great point. You don't audit the label while you're trying to stay at the label, nigga. <laughs> what the fuck is Quite wrong with you? Strain relationships a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. You know what I mean? And so very valid point. You still don't come at your friend without grace. You know what I mean? Treat him like the little bro that he is. Be a man and stop acting like you're his peer. Joe and Rory are not peers. Yes, they are both men, but they are not peers. And real men understand that. And that's why real men don't take advantage of everybody that they see because they realize, nah, I can't treat people who are not my peer like that. It's not equal footing. That's unfair. You know what I mean? Very little things like that. That's the little bit of honor that people expect to see and shit like this. You know what I mean? Joe goes on to 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 elucidate that that Rory was now and now at this point, Joe is trying to 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 push the narrative that Rory was sabotaging him behind the back. And I'm just like, all right, now you're trying to create a victim narrative. All right, bro. I find it very very difficult to believe that that if Rory didn't want to be there, that he actually had the agency to sabotage the podcast. I find if he it did, hard to believe that Joe would have been able to keep quiet about it until now. You know what I mean? Especially with all the trauma that this nigga's been through. That oh, nigga would have been, been ready to throw that shit in his face so fast. Bent. <laughs> and so while I agree with all of that, and Joe has tons. Yes, Joe, you are the person who is supposed to be there to fire people. But no, Joe, as a good leader, you wouldn't go and jump to fire somebody before you actually. And that was Maul's whole point when you told him to chill and that it wasn't his business. He was like, yo, we haven't even moved to try to fix this yet. And you got ice and ish here. We haven't taken no steps. You think one or two pods off? We could have had this fixed in a week. But instead of taking that week off to fix the shit like we should have in the beginning, you went and got ice and ish and made it a six week hiatus. You did that, nigga. We didn't walk away from our jobs. And that's where Joe starts with his gaslighting. And that's why I, why I can't really fuck with Joe Heavy like that when it comes to, like, the podcasting. Like, I'm sure that Joe will produce content that I like later on. But at this point, I don't want to listen to somebody who I, who's, who's literally gaslighting his friends. Like, that just doesn't feel good to listen to. Like, knowing that this nigga's just lying on the mic. This nigga's straight lying on the mic. You know what I mean? Like... It just doesn't feel good to listen to that. Even if you don't like what I'm saying, at least you know I'm not lying to you on the mic, bold-faced, creating narratives for no reason. And if I am, I'll tell you because it's it's all for funsies. It's not I'm not here to 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 mislead anyone or to to delude them. You know what I mean? And that's what it feels like people are doing and that's not the relationship that I think as a podcaster that I that I find to be valuable. If he finds that to be the valuable relationship as a podcaster, have at it, Hoss. Let me know how it goes for you. But I'll tell you what, that's not how Joe Rogan made it, made it big. I promise you that. Have whatever critique you want of Joe Rogan as a person, as a podcaster, that nigga comes off as one of the most genuine people you ever watch on camera. And I don't think anybody doubts his, his, his authenticity on camera, whether it's real or not. 
You know what I mean? He has built that part of his brand well. You have Joe has not done so. He has ruined all forms of authenticity that could have been. And yeah, you know, and that was the worst part about it, is that his rebrand came at a time when people had mostly forgotten about how fucking flaky this nigga was and how fucking emotionally disturbed he was. He's and instead of like leaning into narrator. that, instead of leaning into that, he was like, nah, let me go back to the meltdown stage. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. So in huge disappointing fashion, the JPP has crashed and burned. And I won't even talk about a good end of a good run, guys. No, y'all niggas crashed and burned. You crashed and burned at the height. Like, y'all were going up when all this went down. By the way, just saying, you guys were becoming more popular as you fucking decided to implode. One thing I will promise you guys as listeners, I'm, I am in this for the long run. I'm not going to go five years building the audience. You guys doing work, putting feet on the floor for me. You know what I mean? You know, building a community of communication, of healthy communication. I, I'm not going to reward you guys with that, with, with, with firing Rico. Not going to do that. That would be very, very, that, that, would, that would be the height of self-defeating. Like, I, I'm not into that kind of shit. You know, I'm not, I'm not with that whole, you know, shoot myself in the foot for my pride. I have pride. And that's why I don't walk down certain roads to begin with. My pride doesn't kick in after I've made my decision to walk down the road. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't like where this road is going. No. At that point, if you want to find an exit, feel free. But find one that doesn't destroy the lives of the people around you. How about that? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to negatively impact a lot of people. Because I'm pretty sure that, that was the crux of the Joe Budden network. Like, he's going to have a lot. Because his other podcasts, I think Ice and Ish are probably, I think, probably going to be the next biggest podcast he has. Those other two podcasts ain't carrying shit. They, ain't, they, they have maybe an eighth of the listenership. He's got a long way to go to build back up to the JBN. Yeah. I mean, the JBP. He was the main draw. What a shame. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I feel I'm, I'm a little bit in my feelings because I did hope that for one day in the future that it would be like a, a uh maybe a peer thing you know like we'd be on the, the same level of 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 production in the future and maybe i'll never be as popular as him he's a celebrity but just in, in say as a podcaster i can reach that level of podcasting but i'm not even interested like you know I, like it's no longer a level you want to reach n- no no i definitely don't want to reach the 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 the, the, the crescendo that he's at because he's going his way down like if if I'm going to get up to that level of success, I want to maintain it a little bit. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I just don't, I don't feel like working in tandem with someone like that would probably be in my best interest. You know what I mean? Like, no, he seems, he seems to be very good at self, self-sabotage. Yeah. And I don't know, man, there's a whole group of, of influencers who are really pushing this Kevin Samuels thing. And I just, I just <laughs> can't get behind a, a group of people who, are looking for an excuse to speak rudely to black women. Like, but Kevin Samuels has tons of good points. Don't get me wrong. But he uses them all in service of disrespecting black women. And so fuck you. That's it. That's it. Until you stop disrespecting black women for no fucking reason and trying to impose your vision of value on them, all while accusing them of accepting white versions of value, I'm not going to fuck with you. It's too hypocritical. And this is also on the face of it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't start off with hypocrisy and expect me to just f- go down the rest of your logic with you. I'm not going to do that. You, you, your logic is built on, on sand. And I don't, I don't, 
think that it's healthy and I don't think it's beneficial because there, there are beneficial versions of what you're saying. And I don't know why you have to muddy the waters of that message with, so that was why I get to talk to black women however the fuck I want. Like, come on, bro. And Joe, stop looking for people to, to, to empower your bad behavior. You know what I mean? Because you got really intelligent people like Crank Lucas out here who are, who are taking the Kevin Samuels message, saying it in a nice way and saying, see, isn't Kevin Samuels right? And it's like, but that's not the point. The point is, is that he's using that to empower himself to, to disenfranchise black women and to, and to enforce a version of value onto them that is also just as fallacious as the Western version of value that he's accusing them of taking on. Like, it's bullshit. Like, stop justifying, you know, the bad behavior. Just respect black women. I don't know why. Why is that so fucking hard? I just don't understand. Yo, why do black Americans have such a hard time respecting black women? And you can see it. Like, it's so traumatic. Like, I see it in black American women. You can see it in the way that they behave. They've been tr- mistreated for so fucking long that the, the, the prolonged trauma has started to look like personality traits. And it's like, you're such a so much greater than 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 the the culmination of trauma that has that that has become these these persistent behaviors that you have you know it's a it's a real shame and and and, and so fuck kevin samuels but you know i really don't i think that the deplatforming of joe budden at this point when he's trying to do shit like that is probably in everyone's best interest and he deplatformed himself that's the best part <laughs> that's the best part nigga deplatformed himself he's like ah fuck this how about that? But he seems saying he's going to keep doing it. So I'm looking forward to see what, what, what the next pod he puts out is. I wonder if it's, if he's going to um, move. I, and that's another thing that he's doing that I don't, uh, that I don't appreciate. He's moving pretty much all of his content that he is featured on to his Patreon. Okay. I get it. But his Patreon has a five, a 10 and a $25 tier. The five dollar tier has limited content. He's trying to get rid of that. <laughs> the ten dollar uh, tier has also has limited content. He's and he's trying to say I don't want that either. And he's trying to move everyone into the twenty five dollar tier. And it's like, yo, my nigga, at twenty five dollars a month for content, you're competing with things like Disney Plus yeah. and Netflix. And no, you're not that valuable. No, no, Joe Budden, you're you, you are not worth twenty five dollars a month period at all there's no amount of content you can create to me personally that is worth 25 dollars a month and i shouldn't say that because that's being hyperbolic because there is an amount of content that he can produce i just know that he doesn't have the resources to do it and so no nigga wow like that is the most disingenuous anti-listener move that i think i've ever seen and then on top of that when he put out the the episode in which he was dogging um rory out and and talking shit about maul he went and then pulled it down after it being up for a few hours and put it up for pay only. And I was like, and you know, what's funny is that I was in the middle of listening to it and it stopped. As He was like, I would never want to deprive the listeners of content. And right after he said that the stream cut and, it, and I had to go find an alternative stream because he had taken it down from the link that I was using. It's funny. I was like, this nigga, <laughs> this is the most ironic shit I've ever seen. I was like, man. And so it's just, it, it and that's another thing. He, I think he has a disproportionate idea of what his value is. Um, he's very arrogant. And that's another thing. I don't fuck with arrogance. Like, I hear you, man. It's one thing to be self-aware of your own greatness. It's another thing to become arrogant in the face of your own uh, greatness. I believe what he was doing was great. Do I believe that it's a reason to be arrogant? Absolutely not. It, it, in relation to nothing 
in that industry is it something that you should be arrogant about in the least whatsoever it's like you can't you can't do that and and really expect people and, and you can't do that and open your show with your humble grateful and 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 and, and, and highly favored uh host no nigga you are neither humble nor grateful you have proven it time and time again on camera, nigga. You are neither humble nor grateful. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's just it's just becoming so terribly evident. And it and I think I get triggered because it's so Trumpian. Every time I look back at shit that I've heard, heard Joe say, they literally have a clip of him breaking every single uh, ideal <laughs> that he has set forth for himself in his, in his rebranded persona. Like, everyone, I really wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt that he grew as a man and as a person. But he has grown in every aspect of his life except for as a person. He's had, he, he's grown as a father. He's grown as a businessman. He's grown as a as a podcaster. He's grown as a rapper by retiring. He 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 he's grown in every place in his life except for as a person. And that is something that I I never hope to repeat. I never want to be that guy. I hope to at least always grow as a person, even if my skills never uh, get better. As a person, as a human being. I hope that I can travel into whatever transcendent state comes after life being a better human being than I was in the beginning. Like, at very, very least. But yeah. Moving on from that, let me stop digging into Joe. I just thought that that was so tasteless the way that he... Because he, he could have ended that podcast in a much, much, much grace, more graceful manner. Like, he could have stuck the landing on that and moved on in all respects with all of his relationships intact. And he chose to burn that shit down like a motherfucking arsonist. Yeah, he's got to get the last word, man. I guess, man. I, you know, and, 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 I, and, and that's something I've learned over time because I've been that guy who just won't shut up, who won't stop talking because I know I'm right. And I know the other person is just doing this out of anger. But instead of acknowledging their anger and just stopping because I already won the argument, I got to keep on saying something and saying something. And I've learned it's just, it's not, it doesn't reflect well on you. Like, congratulations. Like, whatever you were attempting to win, you won. But did it get you anywhere else? Like, did it did it progress anything? Did it make you, you know, better off in this relationship? Did it repair any? You know, it didn't. And so it's one of those actions that no matter how gratifying it is in the moment, you just got to stop. You got to grow and mature out of those kind of behaviors. But yeah, <sighs> moving on from that. It's it it gets more depressing from here, so we'll move on into uh, one quick social topic, and then we'll wrap on some um, some foreign politics around the world. Uh, we got the the infrastructure hack that happened on the Colonial Pipeline on the on the the East Coast, the Southeast, which people are just they just they have no concept or understanding of of like how things work how material things work they just don't so yes the pipeline got shut down now mind you all states have a reserve i think of up to 20 days of gas so even if the pipeline shuts down as long as it doesn't shut down for 20 days they got the reserves that should be able to hold them uh for a projected 20 days okay so the pipeline you know, get shut down due to uh, a hack, quote unquote hack that they said happened. I don't know. It sounds like a bunch of shit because they're, of course, they hit the normal, the normal suspects. It's Russia, China, blah blah blah. In all likelihood, a, an attack like that probably couldn't come from abroad. It had to happen from within the states because the international infrastructure 
to send data through satellites or through uh, cables coming in is all monitored. There's no way that you're going to send a hack through that. You'd have to probably be on the American infrastructure, probably close. So it's probably a domestic and in all likelihood. I don't know for sure, but, you know, they're doing their normal, it's China, it's Russia uh, thing. So that happens. They have to shut down the pipeline. Pipeline gets shut down. Every, Of course, they broadcast it before they actually fix what's going on. And everyone panic buys. They buy all the gas. Now there's a quote-unquote gas shortage. There is no gas shortage. There was a rush on gas that bought all of the current inventory. Gas is a hazardous material, especially in large amounts. So they can't just call to have gas sent. They have to schedule a truck to bring them gas. And they have to do that now for hundreds of gas stations. The logistics gets tied up. The stock is there. There's no shortage of gas. We have gas. So calling this a shortage is not correct. The gas just needs to get to where it's going. The pipeline is shut down, but the gas needs to to get to where it's going. There's reserve that can be deployed to, to compensate. But of course, we're still talking about the logistics of moving hazardous material. It's going to take a few days. So if everyone would just chill the fuck out and not panic buy, we would have been fine. But since everyone did panic buy, we're going to have probably 72 hours of of empty gas stations. Not because there's a fuel shortage, but because you all bought it. If you buy all of the the the, the stock of, of, of Cheetos from a gas station, there's not a Cheetos shortage. You just bought all of that gas station's Cheetos. And so... People are acting ridiculous based on this idea that they think there's a shortage somewhere instead of just chilling the fuck out and stop being ridiculous. And of course, I've you, you know, Twitter is a blaze ha, 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 with uh, memes of people who are trying to transport gas and setting their cars on fire. Nice. I love it. Nice. I love it. Destroy those vehicles. One of them was a Hummer. I was like, yes. Do you know how much gas you're going to you're going to you're going to, you know, keep in the gas station for other people now? Thank goodness, man. What a fucking idiot. But it's like, I really wish that that people, it's like the media is so distrusted now that even if they tried to to spread the right information, I don't think people would listen. Like, just calm down, people, please. We, you know, and then of course, like the American economy, like the average American retailer is so fucking ignorant that they can't stop and say, oh, you know what? Shit, there's a run on gas right now. I can tell there's a run on gas because there's a line that goes around the block. I'm going to start rationing gas because as a community servant, as a person who works in, as a, someone who, who who distributes a vital resource of my community, it would make sense for me not to just sell out of all of my gas immediately. I should at least attempt to serve as many people. Just out of, I'm going to sell all the gas. I'm going to sell it all guaranteed there's clearly enough people to sell it to let me be responsible no that would never happen it's like fuck man americans are the worst type of people i mean look curry they panic bought fucking toilet tissues, tissues. for a pandemic for, for a virus <laughs> so something as vital as gas you can't expect people to react rationally it's fucking out of control. So that's been going on. And I heard it's bad. And I and I hope it does resolve the way that I think it is. But I think that people are only going to exacerbate it until the system breaks. And then it's going to be like, oh, well, now, you know, people continuously keep panic buying the gas. And so now all the gas is out of the system and in private hands. And it's like, oh, God, why? Because that will cause a shortage. 
people continue to panic buy, which who says they won't? Why wouldn't they? Why not? Why don't we just make it this the norm? Why don't we all just buy gas like this all the fucking time? Let's fuck doing anything else, right? Like, is it, people are so ridiculous. I don't see them seeing a logical end to this. And it, and it could get that bad. Because I didn't see any end to when they were going to stop buying fucking toilet tissue. They did that shit for months. Months. And if they'd panic buy gas for months, then we're really going to have a problem. Let me rephrase that. We're not going to have a problem. East Coast is going to have a problem. Low, that's fucked up. But yeah, Otto was saying that um, he needed his car towed, and then no tow trucks are fucking picking up because like, presumably they don't have gas either. Wow. Oh, he's Georgia, Georgia. That's, <sighs> that's crazy. Georgia. It's just a shame, man. Like, well, is it a shame? Like, if you're watching something that's dying, die. Is that a shame? Uh, not for me. Well, I don't feel like it is. Like, I actually wait, wait. don't feel that bad. I feel bad because I feel it's remorseful for what we're life, losing. Man. It's but yeah, a circle of life. I'm remorseful for what we're losing, but in no way am I sad for this animal to be put out of its misery. Because this mm-hmm. fucking shit is crazy. This capitalist beast is like, oh man, it's rapacious. Yeah. You know, we're humans. We build on yesterday's failures. Oh my goodness. So how far have you gotten in, 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 in Primal? Uh, I'm still haven't gotten. Uh, I was just on episode two still. Now you gotta finish watching it. There's an episode with a dying beast, and it is it is so remind like that's the image that pops into my head when I think of the American dying beast, massive, huge beast, and in his dying throes is just destroying all of the environment, infecting everything around it. Just oh my gosh, it's it's. It is an excruciating twenty something minutes to watch of this beast die, but yes. You should check it out. That I think it's the next episode, actually. It's crazy. But that's what I imagine when I think of the American, the capitalist beast in America just dying. Like, fuck, man. It won't go down without taking everything around it. Because everything's connected to it. Mm. There is no clean end. Yep. But moving on from that. Um, yeah, let's just hit the foreign politics because it's been depressing enough. I wanted to to real quick touch on, you know, the uprising of indigenous people in Colombia. It's been very, very violent and brutal out there. And so I want to send out just some some solidarity. And if there's anybody who who is inclined or has connections out there who can help, I would definitely say get connected because they need as much support as they can out there. You know, the the conservative right wing government is just cracking down. And the indigenous people who are trying to preserve their land and and actually fight for some representation are having a hell of a time trying to to, to mobilize. And, you know, I, I don't know as much as I would like to know about that conflict, but I do know that it's a hotbed. And I'm probably going to talk a lot more about it in the coming day, in the coming episodes, because it looks like that conflict's going to be ongoing for quite some time. I, I don't I don't think that that one is going to because there's been too much back and forth between the indigenous people and the government um, in bad faith for them to resort back to that. You know, the, once they've, they've gotten to violence and they've removed a lot of the, the goodwill from negotiation. So when that happens, unfortunately, it usually descends in whoever has the will to fight through the coming bloodshed. Because it's going to be, you know, the the government and the police are very well armed, but the indigenous people are more populous and it sucks because i i hate to see 
more and more people leave the indigenous areas, the, the Amazon, and go into the city to, to mobilize for this because I feel like they're just going to go and burn down their houses like they did in Brazil. Whenever the people, the, the Amazonian people would uh, mobilize in Brazil, they would go and burn down their villages while they were gone. And so then they would be like, all right, we'll do what you want. Just go home. And then they'd go home to a burned village. And it's a really fucked up process. And I hope that that's not what they're planning to do to these people in Colombia. It's a, it's a very unfortunate thing that these, that these governments do. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to put that on the radar. But, um, yeah, our closing story for tonight is going to be Israel and the continued oppression of the Palestinian people. You know, I talk a lot about, you know, where is the solidarity? Where is the solidarity when, you know, people say stop Asian hate? You know, I want to show them solidarity, but is there solidarity with the black community? You know, we have had a longstanding issue of violence and systemic oppression that has been ignored by a lot of other minorities that is, is I think, very important to take into effect. And now when I talk about the Palestinian plight, you know, I don't like to, to, to measure oppression. It's not a meaningful thing to do. These people are oppressed. But when it comes down to it, I mean, when it comes to the plight of black people in America, it's a shadow of what the Palestinian people go through. I mean, in in the scope of people who are living under siege, the Palestinian people have it the worst, I think, in all in probably in the world, honestly, in terms of nations that have uh, developed economies. Israel is a is a is a developed country. You know, they have infrastructure. They they have the uh, political and economic means to handle something like this peacefully. Not like to say in other developing nations, you know, some nations in Southeast Asia or throughout Africa or South America that might not have the economic and political means to handle uh, uh, ethnic conflict like this. But Israel has completely has the ability to, to handle this similarly to America, but chooses violence. They choose to oppress the, 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 uh, the Palestinian people. And, you know, I posted something on the Twitter that was just it was appalling watching um rt which is russia today which i i generally take a lot of their reporting with a grain of salt but they were speaking to people israeli people in jerusalem talking about the gazan people in the west bank and the way they were referring to them was absurd they were they were they were talking to they were talking about the people of gaza the way that white southerners talked about black people some of them were like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to kill them, but why don't they go back to where they came from? Why don't they just go to other Arab nations? Some people were like, we just, we just need to kill them all. They won't leave. We just need to kill them all. And then, and then you have a lot of them uh, of the Jewish people who were referencing back to 1400 years ago when the Palestinians moved into this land. And it's like, wait a second, y'all are hold like. Y'all are holding this 1,400-year dispute? Like, if that's the case, then why are you forcing these people out? These people currently are not responsible for your millennia-long trip around the world before you got back here. If you believe so fervently that that is your land, 
there's no there's no reparations package that you could think of. There's no relocation package. All you could think of is bulldoze these people's houses, terrorize them with your oversized military, which is funded. And 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 and, and that's another thing is that Israel's oppression of Palestine is funded by America, Canada, and and Germany mostly. They send the most arms, I think, to Israel to keep this happening because you better believe they're not doing this, you know, without the most advanced weaponry at their behest, you know? And then there's this huge amount of gaslighting that goes on around the conflict where Israel will murder someone. The Gazans, well, you know, there's a, a, a an organization named Hamas, you know, that internationally is recognized as a, as a terrorist organization, but it's not a first strike organization. Like this organization doesn't go out and 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 commit terrorism willy nilly. No, they are responsible for a militant response to the murders that happen in Palestine or in in Gaza Strip. Now, if what you're saying is, is that they have no right to have a military response, that's a discussion that you can have. But to say that they are instigating war by responding to their uh, their constituency being murdered is just disingenuous. It's gaslighting. You know? The Gazans claim a right to self-defense. The Israelis say that they have a right to defense. The Gazans say that they have a right to exist. The Israeli claims that they... And it, it's just like... It's it's such an age-old uh, uh, playbook that you see that, you know, racist white people do all the time. Every time you say, hey, hey, that's racist. They'll be like, no, 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 you're racist. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, systemic oppression is is fucked up. It's like, no, no, systemic oppression is keeping white people down. And it's like, oh, you're just going to try to flip anything we say and, and say it's, a, it's affecting you more than us? Is that your whole strategy? I mean, it's definitively a very easy strategy to defeat, but it's also one that misleads a lot of people. Like, a lot of people fall for that stupid shit. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. And and, and, and I see it all, all throughout Israel's... Uh, um, uh, justifications for what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's it's a really, really disgusting tactic. And then on top of that, they've they've uh they've created this this social air where everything that is a critique of of of, of Israel is anti Semitism. Anytime you critique Zionists, it's anti Semitism. Anytime you point out or critique facts about the community, it's anti-Semitism. And it's like, but then you're saying that sociology is anti-Semitism because sociology identifies you as a socio-demographic that has particular traits that can be quantified. So what, is that right? Is that anti-Semitic? You know what I mean? Like pointing out anything about Jewish people is automatically considered anti-Semitic. And then they try to say that it's, that's what they did in Germany. And it's like, nah, that's not really what they did in Germany. In Germany, they, they they came up with a ton of racist tropes, and and I agree. Like, you know, the the age old trope that the Jews owned the banks and all of that stuff. We don't want to perpetuate that. That's that is very racist. But if there's a factual statement like, "Yo, Jews own a lot of the the high end property in 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 Los Angeles. They had, they had own a lot of the property that is very very valuable in this in the city." That's not anti Semitic. That's a fact. You can look up public land records and see who owns it and yes it is it's a largely jewish constituency that say whatever inferences you want to make about that that could be racist but that's just a fact 
You know what I mean? So when Jay-Z says, you know, you, you know, he made a comment of people, uh, Jewish people owning all the land. That's not anti-Semitism. It's, it's his artistic license to describe a very real fact that's going on in our country. Moreover, if you look at our politics, I made this comment online, like, if we wanted the best thing that Americans can do to help the occupation of the Palestinian land is to is to deal with the occupation of Alec and our government. Alec is the um, American Legislative Exchange Committee. It's a Jewish-run um, uh, lobbyist organization that pretty much writes most of our laws, like the vast majority. Like you would you would shit yourself if you knew how much of our how how much of our legislative uh, 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 production comes straight out of that one lobbying firm. It's absurd. But we need to decouple that influence in our politics before we can ever do anything to 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 help to Palestine. That's the biggest thing, because if we did that, then immediately Congress would ban sales of arms to Israel. If if Alec couldn't lobby Congress, if Alec couldn't pay Congress, they would ban the sale of guns to Israel because they are absolutely committing human rights violations. Absolutely. The U.N. has 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 skirted its responsibility for pointing it out for the most part. But there are many body, bodies within the U.N. that recognize what's going on. And America, being one of the larger constituents, has also kind of obfuscated its responsibility to point this out because we gain a lot of 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 uh capital from selling guns there same thing with um with uh with germany same thing with canada they all uh uh they all have very heavy political influence from their jewish constituency and and as such they they sell arms back to israel it is a funneling outlet to 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 block legislation that would prevent that kind of uh that kind of inhumane uh, distribution of weapons to a uh, a state that is clearly clearly breaking international rules like the settlements have have never been legal ever and they continue to do them and so it, it's one of those things we have to decouple the lobbying bodies from our politics because they are the ones that are preventing us from doing anything politically to stop what's happening in 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 Jerusalem right now on the Gaza Strip, it it is incumbent on us to 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 work on our political uh, uh, our political scene because our political scene is very heavily negatively impacting what's going on over there. It's not about going over there and how are we going to do humanitarian aid and we don't need that. We don't need to send our military over there. We don't need all we need to do is stop sticking our dick in it. And stop allowing them to 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 benefit from that. Like, and when I say them, I mean the Israeli government. I'm not speaking about Jewish people. I'm not speaking about the Israeli people because I'm very firmly aware of how decoupled governments are from their people. There are there is a constituency of radical Zionists in the Israeli population, just like there's radical conservative Christians in American population. I'm not comparing these things. I'm not calling one out to 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 say that the other one doesn't exist. What I'm saying is is that we need to see these parallels because once we recognize them, we can start to see the disparity behind the rhetoric that Israel is putting out and the reality on the ground of what is happening to these people because it is appalling and atrocious what it, the Israeli government is doing to these people. 
it is appalling the 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 culture that the Israeli government has fostered within its population. The same way it's appalling the way that the right wing conservatives have con- have cultivated the QAnon culture within their own ranks. Same shit, and it's even worse in Israel because they are actually mobilizing actively. Like if if they mobilize the police against minorities like that in america at least the public still kind of views it as wrong and even if they don't they know they have to signal that they view it as wrong in israel there is a it's a very scary atmosphere where where there's a lot of complicity going on and and it's hugely problematic because what that does is that emboldens the government to just literally drive bulldozers through people's homes it's gotten so bad that they have evicted people without allowing them to take their stuff and moved Israeli families into homes. There was still food on the table. There were still clothes in the dresser. The toys were still out. And they're moving Israeli families into people's houses in the state. Like, that's how inhumane these evictions are. They're tricking people out of their homes. And then when they're gone, moving settlers into the homes. It's absurd. It is absurd, and and absolutely, I show all solidarity with the Palestinian peoples. I do not believe that to be anti-Semitic. There, there is a huge uh, population of people who don't agree with that, who are within the Israeli people and Jewish people abroad, and I support them, and I appreciate them, and, and, and I show solidarity with them, but this is an issue that Jewish people are perpetrating, or I'm sorry, the Jewish government is perpetrating on the Palestinian people with a large complicit constituency and that needs to be dealt with because it is fucked up and the best way for us to do that is to get the reins over our own political situation if that's even possible and stop uh funneling arms to israel and 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 riot equipment and all of these heavy arms and 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 equipment to them to to oppress these people we need to stop doing that and that's not just israel this is just the, the most recent incarnation in the news. Um, and that's not to downplay where it happens all around the world. But it's something that, that, that is indicative of the, the, the negative ramifications that, have, that happen when our political system is so degraded that we can't, e- that, that we can't even stop selling arms to people who are committing human rights violations. But alrighty, guys, we'll end it on that note. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you all. You can find me on the social medias on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. Always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks for joining us, guys. Peace. Take it easy.